Good morning, everybody. Today, B'Siyat Yishmael, we're starting the limit of Sefer Shmuel. A few quick introductions before we start the Sefer. Sefer Shmuel is one of the more exciting Svarim in Tanakh. We're going to learn about a lot of important personalities. David Malach, Shalom, Shalom Malach, Shmuel. So definitely a very Gishmak, a very exciting limit. Number one, a few quick introductions. Number one, the Sefer Shmuel is broken up. If you look in our Svarim, it's broken up into two Svarim. However, Medivir Chazaf, look at the Gemara Baba Basra. The Gemara tells us that really Shmuel is one safer. This division into two Svarim was done later on by the Christians, broken up into Shmuel Av, Shmuel Beis. However, it's important to keep in mind that Maseret Chazal is that it's one safer. Another thing, if you look at the first Rash over here, Rashi brings down, the, Rashi, the first Rashi in Sefer Shmuel, Rashi brings down, Akolof Yaseder, Maisha Masar Sater Yeshua, Yeshua is a Canaan, Veshefer Masal Shefet. So Rash is explaining the first Rashi is bringing down the Seder Shashas Atera, how the Torah is given over. Moshe to Yeshua, Yeshua to Zakanim. The question is, what exactly is Rashi bringing down the Seder right over here? So Yaakov explains, Yaakov Kamenetsky, that's how, explains very importantly like this that this phase that we're going to see now, that Shmuel, we're going to start off with the discussion of Alien Shmuel. Shmuel is actually the beginning of the Nevi'im. The last Sefer that we saw, Yeshua and Sefer Shaftim, that was the Tekufa of the Zakanim, the Tekufa of the Shaftim. Now we are transitioning from the phase of the Shaftim to the phase of the Zakanim. And that's a Rashi of is bothered by the Gemara Baba Basra tells us that Shmuel, Hanavi, wrote two Svarim. He wrote Sefer Shaftim and he wrote Sefer Shmuel. So the question Rashi is bothered by is why did Shmuel break it up into two Svarim? Sefer Shaftim, Sefer Shmuel. On that Rashi's answering, says Rabbi Yaakov, because it is two different phases in the history of Klal Yisrael that originally were in the that Sefer Shaftim was the phase of the Shaftim of the Zakanim, and now we are transitioning to the phase of the Nevi'im. Now, what exactly is this phase of the Nevi'im? What exactly is a Navi? So, definitely a very big discussion in the Rishayim. What exactly is a Navi? How a person is Echet But I just wanted to read for a few minutes. There's a beautiful, a beautiful Sefer called Mishpat Zav goes through the majority of Tanakh, and in the beginning of Sefer Shmuel. He brings down a long maimah from Revolba. The Revolba gave him, discussing specifically the beginning of Shmuel and, and the discussion of the Nevi'im. So let's just spend a few minutes going through this Hakdama. Revolba starts off by, by writing like this. Revolba says that after the Nesim Nesatayra, he says, we don't rely on Vu anymore after Kadesh Baruch gave the Torah to Klai Yisrael on Arsinai. So now, like the Gemara tells us, Torah lay b'shemayim, Torah is in Shemayim. The Gemara tells us, that Now after the Torah was given, we rely on the Tamit HaChachamim, we rely on the Chachamei Adar to interpret, to understand the Torah. Like the Rebbein Nisim Goyim understands. And what's that? The Torah Leib He explains. Loi Bashamayim. He says Rebbein Nisim Goyim, or in the uh, last of the Goyim, the beginning of the Rishayim, in Brachos Nav Yitas, he writes like this. Loi Bashamayim. Hainu shatmima sa'atayra hu, shayacha lifsek ha'kol me'atayrah. Says Rebbein Nisim Goyim, that what Torah Leib Bashamayim, he means that part of the Tamima sa'atayra, what it means that Torah Hashem Tamima, the Torah is complete, that means that everything that we need to know in the future, every situation that a person is going to encounter, we can find the answer in the Torah itself, and we don't need VM, we don't need direct communication with HaKadosh Baruch Hu now to answer the questions, because everything is already included in the Torah. So Nebuchadnezzar says, Revolva, Avadu the Nevi'im weren't coming along to Mechadish Nu'alachis. He brings down that the Nevi'im were always Tamid they were but they played two roles. Number one, they were Tamid HaChacham, and they interpreted the Torah just like any other Tamid HaChacham can interpret the Torah Rabbi Misak and Takanis. If you look actually at Maritz Chiyas, and his Mavi Talman and his Ksavim, he brings down, and he goes through all the different Nevi'im, and he brings down, and each Navi was Mechadish, a lot of different Halachas, Lavs and Takanis, Gzeris, Meish and Yeshua, we'll see other other great Nevi'im were Mechadish Halachas, but that was B'Teres Talmud Chacham, because a Navi, the Gemara tells us, is not even Mechadish, and no Halacha. So what is the role of a Navi? So Rev, 
Vob over there explains that the role of a Navi is not to mechadish any new mitzvahs, not to mechadish no alachitz. The role is two things. Number one is on the level of the tzibur, that the job of a Navi is, HaKadosh, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that Klai Yisrael needs to improve in a specific area, or Klai Yisrael is doing terrible averis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will go to the Navi, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will tell him, this is what Klai Yisrael needs to improve in, Klai Yisrael is doing this, this and this and this, and we have to stop them before Chas Hashem going to punish them. Or, or a Navi could talk Klai Yisrael specific areas have to improve, that you know, Klai Yisrael needs to work on, and then Yon Shabbos are different than Yon. So that's one thing, one role of a Navi. Number two, Revol brings down from the Vilna Gain, the Vilna Gain in Mishle and Parak Tazayim brings down that in the olden days, a person, the Vilna Gain explains that each person has a specific tafkid, a specific mission in this world. So how does a person know how, what, he's, what exactly he's supposed to do? So the Vilna Gain brings down over there, that in the times of the Nevi'im, Vilna explains that in this man of the Nevi'im, how would a person know his tafkid? The answer is he would go to the Navi, the Navi would communicate with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the Navi would be able to tell each individual person, this is your specific tafkid. Then the Vilna Gain says, unfortunately we lost the Nevi'im, so then a person would rely that each person would have his own Ruch HaKadosh, which is interesting. The Vilna Gain tells us that every single person in Klai Yisrael Be'etzim has the ability to tap into Ruch HaKadosh. And then he brings down that, unfortunately, many times we lost the Ruch HaKadosh as well. But again, that is the role of a Navi, number one, the level of the Tzibor, to give Techacha to Klai Yisrael, number two, to tell each person, like the Vilna Gain is telling us, his individual Tavkin, his individual role. Then Revolver writes, so now a person may think that Nevuah, prophecy, this is a totally... This is a level which we're bachlal not shachtu. We have no relationship to this level of nevuah at all. However, it says Rebbe, that's not the case. Rebbe Chaim writes in his Akdama that even though we don't have the level of nevuah, however, we are shachtu ruch hakodesh. And although they are two different levels, still ruch hakodesh is shachtu. Everybody in Klai Yisrael, and he explains that if a person has to improve himself, works on his midas, everybody could tap into this level of ruch hakodesh, which is a, rela- a close relationship with the kodesh baruch. Then Rebbe is interesting. He's bothered by Akash. He says, "I don't understand. Imagine if a navi came to you and said." I spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. How could it be that we're going to see throughout the Tukufa of the Nevi'im, Klai Yisrael is going to get prophecies from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're going to get to Yechacha and they're not going to listen. How could that be? How could it be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells a person directly what to do and they don't listen? So Ravola has a beautiful marshal. He says he likes to compare this to a person who plays music. He explains like this. Imagine a person goes to a beautiful concert and he's trying to describe to his friend what that's like. You know, what, what's it like to go to the concert? So Avob explains, Avada, you can't describe it to a person. You can't say, oh, there was this note and there's this beautiful song and they played it like this. The only way to really, truly experience the concert is for the, your friend to come and listen to it himself. However, says Avoba, over here it goes even a step further. Over here, by the Torah, he says, even if a person experiences listening to somebody else's, to somebody else playing music, that isn't the same as if he's playing the music himself. And that says, a person can get Teichacha, a person can get Musa from the Navi, and he can hear it, and it can be beautiful, it can be an amazing thing. However, when it comes to Torah, unless you sing it yourself, unless you actually internalize it, speak it out, and it speaks to you, you make sure that you're connecting with the message, and you're speaking out the message, and you understand it, that's the only way that a person can take it to Teichacha, which is an important lesson, a person can get inspiration, a person can hear directly communication, direct communication from Kaddish Baruch and Afal Pikin, unless he internalizes it and he acts upon it, unfortunately that will not impact him. One more point from the Dhamma, Revolver writes, what is the best way for a person to learn the Nevi'im? What's the best way for a person to understand it? So Revolver writes like this, Yesh le yaitz me shereitz lava Nevi'im, a person who wants to understand Nevi'im properly. First, says Revolver, she yildum kaidimus igreitz of shal yusos alanter. First, he should learn the Garis, the letters of Rishos Alander. Akach yil kedima shal rishayim. She go learn the Sifri rishayim, Sifri Moslem. Afshachayim, the Baal Tanya, the Mishos Hasharim, the Chavis Ahvavis. 
then he should go through that, the Agartav B'Dari Chazal, and then says Ravoba, a person who understands the Musar, a person who understands their Heretz, the ethics, the ideas that he has to work on, now he'll be able to go back to the Nevi'im, and I'll have a much deeper understanding. I'll be able to understand the Nevi'im in, de- in a much deeper level. And he, the Revolver gives different examples. That when the Navi's giving Tachafa, he's not just saying superficial words. He's explaining how to improve, how, what the best way for us to improve ourselves, what's the best way for a person to work on their midas. So again, going in with that focus, recognizing that each, each of the Nevi'im, each parak, each pasuk and Nevi'im has so much to teach us in terms of Darecharet, in terms of midas, in terms of how we can improve ourselves. Let us jump right in. So this parak, today's parak, Shmuel Aleph, parak Aleph, we're going to be introduced to Elkanah. Elkanah is going to have two wives, Pina and Chana. Pina is going to have many children. Chana is not going to have any children. Chana is going to get upset. She's going to die with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that she should have children. And then the parak we're going to see, she's, her feelings are going to be answered and she's going to have a son named Shmuel. Jumping right in, Pasuk Alfi, Ish Echem and Armas, and Tzayfim, Yerafrayim, Yishmael, Elkanah, Ben Yerucham, Ben Elio, Ben Toichoi, Ben Tzayf, Ephras, there was a man named Elkanah, <coughs> says the Pasuk, says, and Elkanah had two wives. Number one, he had Pina with many children, and then he had Chana, who unfortunately did not have any children. And Elkanah went up from his city. He would go up from time to time. The basic understanding is that he would go for the Shalish Regalar, maybe four times a year. We'll see one second, because we went to Rosh also. We would go three times a year to bring up Karbanas to Shiloh. There's a Machlaikis in Mepharshim. Was there a Chilah Lila Regal Mizman of Shiloh? Or there's only Mizman of Mishamikdash? But either way, Akana would go up. And there, Eli, we'll see, was a kind of at the time. He had two children, Pinchas and Chafni. So Pasuk Dala describes that Akana went up to, to Shiloh, to the Mishkan. He the many Karbanas and he gave the, he gave the different parts of the Karban to his wife, Pnina, and to all the children. He only gave one portion. But still, he gave her a special portion because he loved her. He gave her a special portion. Says, the Pasuk Vav describes that Chana used to get upset she didn't have any children. And Pnina, who had many children, would shepherd Chana. Pnina would say, Chana, why do you have any children? Look how many portions I have. And it's interesting, the Gemara Master explained this, that Avada that Penina was mechavim l'shem shemayim. She was doing this so that Chana would get upset and she would dive in the Kodesh Baruch Hu. But after picking, we'll discuss more at the end of the parak. Still, Chana, Penina was punished and all of her children were, were nifter because of the fact that she bothered Chana. Every year the same thing would happen. That they would go up to, to Shiloh, to the Mishkan. Chana would get, wouldn't get any, would only get one portion. Penina would get many portions because of all of her children. And Penina would bother Chana about this. And Chana would get upset. So Chana would go up and she would always cry every year. She would cry. She wouldn't eat because she was upset that she didn't have any children. So Elkanah turns to Chana and he says, Why are you so upset? Why are you eating? Why are you crying so much? I'm better than you than 10 children. I love you so much. Why are you so upset? I don't have any children. I love you. I, I, you're my favorite wife. Still, she did. She, Chana was upset. Chana was crying. I talked to Chana after she loved her. She loved her. She said, Chana got up after she ate and drank. The Eliyah Karin, Yeshua, Kisa, Omzuz, Hecha Hashem. And Eliyah Karin was the kind of at the time, was standing by the Kisa. Pasuk Yod, Vihi, Maras, Nefesh. So Chana was very upset. The Tispala. She was very disturbed. At Tispala, Shem, Ubachai, Sivka. And Chana turns to Kadesh Baruch and she davened. And the Mamma over here explains beautifully that what's chat specifically now she davened. 
So if you look at the Malam Pasuk test, the Malam writes, that up until now, Chana relied on the fact that her husband, Alkana, was a big tzaddik, and she relied on the fact that her husband's going to die and that she should be able to have children. However, now that Chana saw that even Alkana gave up, Alkana was telling, told Chana that we, you're better than me than 10 children. So Chana understood that Alkana wasn't davening for anymore. So now says the Malbim, his early Spalabatma. Says the mom, when a person recognizes that the only person in the world that can truly answer your tefillahs is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's when a person has hope. And that's, the, that, that's what went on over here. And up until now, Chana was relying on the fact that Elkana would, would dive in for Elkana would save her. However, once Chana realized, once Chana recognized that even Elkana, even her husband wasn't diving for anymore, now Chana herself gets up and starts davening a true tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pasuk Yid Aleph. Latidar nadir atayim rashem tzivakazim roi tira. She says that if you give me children, give me a child, I'm going to bring that child up for you, who's going to be a Nazir, and I'm going to dedicate him solely for you, Again, there is a big discussion in the Rishayna over here. The Radak is bothered by a very important Kasha. That if you look in the Radak over here, the Radak writes, that Lechaira, um, a woman, two questions. Number one, only a man is, not, is allowed to dedicate his son as a Nazar, not a woman. And number two, Lechaira was before the child was even, bor- was even born. It's Davish How could Chana promise HaKadosh Baruch Hu that she's going to dedicate her son as a Nazar? And again, the Radak over here leaves off with a big kasha. He leaves off with a big kasha. He says, I don't understand why Chazal didn't pick up on this kasha. It's not in the Midrash, not in the Gemara. How come nobody asks this kasha? It's, it's interesting if you look at the in the side, Masech does Nazar, where the Mishnah says that only a man can make a son of Nazar, not a woman. So Rikiveger just Matsayan to the Radak. He says, Look at the Radak, and he doesn't answer the kasha. So again, this is an interesting kasha that the Radak over here is bothered by. Take a look. Many of the Achreinim, the Ichsam Seifer, the Siparna already brings down this tarots that he explains that Chana made this nether, but since Alkana was quiet, so Alkana was Shtiki Gaidar, Alkana was Maskim, and that's really the way that it was Chal. Either Alkana was Maskim or Alkana actually made this nether. That's the way that many in Mepharshim answer this kasha. But again, interesting thing to think about how exactly Chana was able to make this nether. So Chana was davening, and Eli, the kind, was watching over there. So Chana wasn't davening out loud. Chana was davening quietly. So Eli, Akain thought the reason why this was going on was because Chana was drunk, which is interesting. Why? Because she was davening quietly. Did you think she was? Did did he think she was drunk? So Rashi brings down. That at that point in time, the minig was to daven out loud, and they wouldn't daven quietly, which is interesting. Why would that be the case? Many mafarshim say that that wasn't the case. They would daven out loud, and you have to come up with a different reason. But if you look at the Malbim, the the Malbim writes over here like this. That the Malbim brings down that a person who is diving directly, directly to Akadish Baruch Hu doesn't raise his voice because he knows Akadish Baruch Hu could hear him. A person who raises his voice, it's like he's a Makat Niyamani. It's like he doesn't believe in Akadish Baruch Hu because Akadish Baruch Hu could hear you directly. However, says the Malbim, a person who is diving through him, a person who is diving through intermediaries like Malachim, then he has to daven out loud. Malachim don't know the machshaves, the thoughts of a human being, which is actually interesting. It's machleg is already earlier in the Rishayim. Do Malachim know what people are thinking about? That's an interesting conversation. But says the Malachim, so a person who's diving through an intermediary, he has to daven out loud. A person who's diving directly to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, he davens quietly. And says the Malachim, 
ולכן בזמן כי הדור ההוא לא היו רואים לי ניסים ולהשכחס מיוחדת ולכן היו דרכם להרביץ בתפילות וכן להספר בקרם ומאם ברינגס דאון בזמן of Shmuel, it's interesting, you have to know why, why exactly this was the case, but in that door, they, it wasn't Roy that they would have Nisim and Ashkacha Pratis, and that's why they would dive in through an intermediary, they would dive into the Malach, and would dive in the Kilo, and that's why they would dive in out loud, that's why they would marry in Tefillah, so the fact that Chana was diving in quietly, that sh- was something which was strange, was something which was off, and that's why Eli thought that she was drunk, which again, the Gemara actually in Brachas Darshan from this, from this, from these Tzokim, a lot of different, a lot of different halachas in terms of halachas field. But one of them is that a person, number one, should daven quietly. You should daven quietly. But number two, also that a person has to make sure that they can hear what they're saying. So it's interesting that the, the Imam was telling us that if you're davening directly to Kadesh Baruch, if you're davening, if you're having direct communication, you don't need daven out loud, which is an important thing. You see that we, everybody now, as man has the ability has the kach directly communicate with Kadesh Baruch and their tefillah, and that's why they can daven quietly. It's interesting also, the, the, the Gemara does tell us that a person is supposed to hear his voice, meaning you're supposed to speak out what you're saying, but it shouldn't be out loud. So what's the pshat in that? If you look at the Maral in the Siva Vayda, Perik Beis, he explains, the pshat is that what differentiates human being from an animal is the fact that we have the kayach adibar, we have the kayach to communicate, to use our words to communicate with other people. And therefore says the Maral, even though Avada Kodesh Baruch knows what you're thinking, but still a person should enunciate, should communicate what he's saying to show Kodesh Baruch he's using the kayach adibar, he's using the kayach which differentiates human being from an animal to communicate with the Kodesh Baruch. So again, a person supposed to daven out loud, but not loud enough that other people could hear. Either way, Pasuk Yudgimel, Pasuk described that Eli thought that Chana was drunk. So Eli turns to Chana and he says, How long are you going to be drunk? What are you doing drunk in the base of Megish? You're not allowed to be drunk. You're not allowed to die when you're drunk. Chana answers, No, I'm not drunk. I didn't drink at all. I'm just upset. I'm just a little bit. I'm a little bit sad that I don't have any children. And then Chana says, don't get upset at me. I'm just speaking this way because I'm, I'm really, I'm really upset they don't have any children. Eli responds, don't worry, go back with Shama, you should answer your tefillah. So the Pasuk describes, Chana was confident now their tools were going to be answered. Chana leaves. Pasuk Yitzchak says, "Come on, bike, reach down with me." Yeshua will be some haramots. Ayeda al Kana. Chana ishtai. Ayiskira hashem. Pasuk Yitzchak describes they went back home, and then Al Kana was with Chana, and then and Hakadosh Baruch Hu entered Tefila, and she was going to have a child. Pasuk Chaf. Vayut kuvas ayamim vatar Chana vatelabein vatukesh meishmuel kimei Hashem she altiv. Pasuk Chaf describes that after a period of time, which the Rashi brings down, it means a little bit over six months, six months and two days. Chana had a child, and she named him Shmuel. What's pshat? And she named him Shmuel. The pasuk says, "Kimi Hashem she'altiv," because she asked the Kodesh Baruch for the child, and her tefillahs were answered. Rashi brings down Shmuel. Al Shem Kel Val Shem Amaisu Nikra. Again, Shmuel is a conjunction of the word Kel. If you look in the Radak, it's a little bit clear. The Radak explains Shmuel. Hurkav Hamila Bazatam Kimi Hashem she'altiv Kiyesh Baitzes Shmuel Shaol Veish Baitzes Gamkein Mekel. That Shmuel is a conjunction of Sha'ol, that, that I asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Kel, that I asked Hashem. Now it's interesting, the Rabbag asks, if that's the case, that it's really, then the name, then Shmuel's name should really be Sha'ol. Why is it Shmuel? It should be Sha'ol and Kel, it should be Sha'ol. Why is it Shmuel? So the Rabbag over here brings down, that when you're naming, you're naming, naming a person after a specific story, after a specific person, it doesn't have to be exactly the same name. Amarnu says the Rabbag, Ki lo yedaktiku kari Hashem is kolka. A person who's, 
giving somebody else a name, he doesn't have to medactic exactly the same name. And he gives examples. Rabbah gives different examples where the name isn't exact. If you look, the Pirish of Yishai, also one of the, the Rishayim brings down the same thing. Person could add or subtract a little bit, but again, the point is the idea is there that Chana named Shmuel after the fact that she died the Galish Baruch, and Hashem answered the Tulas. Pasuk of Aleph, Vayala Ishal Kana Vachal Basil is Baruch Hashem and Zavach Hayom Ves Nidre. So now the Alkana goes again back to Basil Mikdash. I'm sorry, back to Mishkan to bring Karbanis. Vachana also Chana didn't want to go up. Why? Karmel Isha Yigamal Anarav Avisa Venir Espen Hashem Yeshu Shema Adam Chana says, I want to wait till I'm finished nursing my the child, and after I finish nursing the child, I'm going to bring him up to the Mishkan. He's going to be dedicated to Galish Baruch his whole life. Vayarmel Alkana Isha Asiyate Veinachas Shvi Agam Lech Oisach. So, I agree with what you're saying. Keep, keep Shmuel home. You should make sure to nurse him. And after you're finished nursing him, then you can bring him up to the Mishkan, which again, Rashi brings down that the derech of a woman is to nurse her child for two years. And like we're going to see, after two years, Pasuk of Dal describes that after she finished nursing him, which we saw was after, two, after Shmuel turned two years old, Chana brings Shmuel up to the Mishkan, which we'll see later on. The Rabbah explains, and, and she also brought Karbanas with her to express her gratitude to express her gratitude. So she shakes the cow, and she brings the child, she brings Shmuel to Chana describes that I am the one who, who I came in front of you, and I daven the Kadesh Baruch, and you gave me a bracha that I should daven, that I should have a child, and my tools were answered. Rashi brings down over here, Based on the Gemara and Brachas, that there is a part of the story that the Pesukim don't speak out with Farish, and that is that Shmuel brought, I'm sorry, that Chana brought Shmuel in front of Eli, and Shmuel actually passed at the age of two, he passed in the Shaila in front of Eli, he was Moira Halacha Bifnei Rabbi, he passed in the Shaila in front of his Rebbe, and the Gemara, which the Gemara says, he passed in that a Zar is kosher that you don't, for Shrita, that you don't need a Kayin to do the Shrita's Karbanis, and a Yisrael could do it also. And the Gemara in Brachas Laman Alpha and Beis brings down that really Shmuel was Chayv Misa. Shmuel should have been killed because he was Mar Allah of Rabbi. He passed in the in front of his Rebbe. Taisa over there already is bothered. I, Eli wasn't his Rebbe yet. Shmuel was just going to Eli. So why was he considered Mar Allah of Rabbi? Taisa explained that since Eli was a God Ladar, there is Allah of Mar Allah of Rabbi in front of the God Ladar, even though he didn't actually learn from him yet. The Achren were bothered. I don't understand. A person doesn't get punished till 13. And when it comes to Misa, he doesn't get punished till he's 20. So what's the pshat that even though he was two years old, he was chayv misa? Marsha already asked that kasha leaves over the tzarachin. Some want to suggest that when it comes to misa de shemaim, if a person has intellectual das, if a person has is a very intelligent person. So even when it comes to even though when it comes to bezdin, we don't differentiate and we wait till a person's thirteen. However. When it comes to Mises Dei Shemayim, if a Kaddish Baruch Hu knows that a person has a high level of intelligence like a Gadol, <coughs> a Kaddish Baruch Hu would shoot him like a Gadol, and he would be chayim. That's an interesting thing to think about. What exactly is a pshat that Shmuel would be chayim Misa? But either way, so Eli tells Chana that really your child is chayim Misa. Chana says, no, I don't, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to kill this child. Even though you're telling me you're going to replace him, I want this specific child. Like Pasuk of Zion describes, Chana tells Eli, I want this specific child. This is the one I daven for, which from the first time explained that since Chana daven for him, even though you're telling me that I'll get a better child instead, no, I, want, I specifically daven for this one, and this is the one I want to keep. And Pasuk and Parak Bey is going to open up discussing Chana's beautiful tefillah, one of the most, one of the most beautiful, poignant tefillahs in the Nevi'im, a beautiful tefillah Chana describes about her child. Either way, let's go back to the beginning of the Parak, a few insights in the Parak that we just saw. Number one, the Pasuk brought down by Hiyayim was on that day, 
that the story happened again, that Chana, uh, Pnina upsets Chana, and then Chana starts davening. When exactly did it happen? So if you look at the Medrash Shmuel, which is the, one of the Midrashim on Sefer Shmuel, the Medrash Shmuel actually brings down that it was Shvuas, because Ahi Ayayim, it was that day, meaning that the Yom Tev was only one day. The Lashon of the Medrash is like this. The Medrash writes, the Pasuk said, Vahi Ayayim, Pasuk Chetz, Rabbi Shum Levi Amar, that's the Yom Tev of Shvuas, because what's the Yom Tev, which is only one day? That is the Yom Tev of Shvuas. However, if you look at the Rishonim, the if you look at the Taisa Rosh and Brachas on Davchov Tes, the Meirin is Chibrat Shuva, other Rishonim, they write that this is act, it was actually a day of Rosh Hashanah. It was the Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah, and this is Mavusis. This is based on the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that we just had in Davchov where the Gemara describes that Chana's Tefillah was answered in Rosh Hashanah. So again, you could say that she davened before, but and her Tefillah was answered in Rosh Hashanah. But the Rishonim understanding no. That Avada, the Tefillah itself, was on Rosh Hashanah. So the question is, why would Chana be in the Mishkan on Rosh Hashanah? L'chera, like we explained before, she would go up only with Elkanah or Laliyah Regal. So why was she there on Rosh Hashanah? So the Chassam Sefer in Drashas asks this cash. The Chassam Sefer explains that the Pshat is that you're right, really, generally Elkanah would go up only during the Shalash Regal. However, this year Chana asked Elkanah, she said, I want to die for a child. And what's the best time to die in Rosh Hashanah? So that's why they went up already earlier. They were going up for Sukkot, but they went up Rosh Hashanah. So that Chana Kadavin in the Mishkan for a child. The Pasuk, the Pasukim described how Chana, how Pina, I'm sorry, would bother Chana that she didn't have any children. And we'll see later on. The Gemara tells us that even though Pina was Machaim Lashem Shemaim, still, the Pasukim are going to describe that all of Pina's children were Nifter, or most of them were Nifter because of the fact that she bothered Chana. And the question is, what's the Pshat? The Gemara tells us Pina was Machaim Lashem Shemaim. She was trying to do it so that Chana would Davin. And Kachava, Chana was so upset, she ended up Davin and she got her two answered. So what's the Pshat? So Chaim Velazhner in Nesichas Musar is marich about this. If you look on page Shin Chavches, he's marich about, about this question. And the principle that he says, an extremely important principle, is that when it comes to Menon Blamakim, you're Mechayim L'Shem Shemayim, okay, even if you're doing an Avera, it's fine. However, when it comes to Menon Avera, if a person's Pegeya and somebody, somebody else, if you bother somebody else, he makes the other person angry, even though he's Mechayim L'Shem Shemayim, says Mechayim Velazhner, it's like you stuck your head into a fire. So of course, you're trying to get something out of the fire, you're Mechayim Shemayim still, a person is going to be burnt. An incredibly important thing for a person to remember, for a person to recognize that even though he's trying to help somebody else, he's trying to do the right thing, but if he's pagan, the other person's covered, if he gets the other person upset, makes the other person angry, he has to recognize the unbelievably severe repercussions that could come about. Like we see, your children were killed. Again, it's such an important thing to remember. Before we end, just to take a look at the Ralbag over here. The Ralbag. At the end of every story, at the end of, at the end of every Tukufa in the Nevi'im, so at the end of every Fiprochim, he goes back and he explains the different lessons that we can learn from, these, from this story. So if you look at the, the beginning of Parachas, the beginning of Parachas is where we're going to transition from Shmuel to his children. So Abag over there brings down a bunch of different lessons that we can learn from this story. So let's just take a look at a few of those lessons. He brings over 20 lessons, but again, a lot of them are in later Prochim, but many of them are in the first Fiprochim. So let's just start going to the Rabag Parachas over here. The second lesson we can learn from this, these stories over here. The Rabbag over here is bothered. What's that shot that Pina had so many children and Chana had many children? So he explains because since Elkanah liked Chana more, Sakadish Baruch who wanted to give Pina something so that she wouldn't feel like she's left out, and that's why Pina had many children. Says, and says Rabbah, just like we find Rachel and Leah, that since Yaakov liked Rachel more, Kadesh Baruch specifically gave Leah because Kadesh Baruch cares about even the Shaval and people who Hashem recognizes aren't as beloved, and that's why he gave her more children. The next thing Rabbah says is a very interesting idea that even though women are not Chayiv and the other Regal, even though women are, are not obligated to go up with the other Regal, so what's that shot? 
that Elkanah would bring up his entire family. So he brings down two reasons. Number one, Number one is because even though they're not obligated, but still you come to the base of you see the miracles, you see what's going on in the base of English, how could a person not be impressed? How could a person not improve his relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu when he sees such an, such an event? So that's one reason why Elkanah would bring up his entire family. Number two, interesting, says the Rabbag, the Pshad is, Vashen is kiat simcha shlema, Says the Ralbag, even though a woman is not obligated in mitzvah of simcha, still the husband's simcha, when he goes up to the base of Migdash, he's not going to be able to have his true simcha unless his wife is there. And that's why he bring up his wife with him. The Ali of the Regulus is actually the Maram Shiks is a very similar insight. The Gemara and Kedushan Nafalam Gimel tells us that Isha Bailam is Samcha. That even though a woman is not obligated in the Chiyah of Simcha, still the husband is obligated to be Samech. What's the Pshat? Maram Shik explains, like this Rabbat, because the man's Simcha isn't complete unless his wife is happy. So that's again another reason why the entire family, Chana Pina, would go up. Lali Alert Rega. Number six, if you look over here, the Rabbat writes, Hashishi. That a person says the Rabbag, the Rabbag says that generally a person shouldn't daven after he eats and drinks. And this is one of the halachas that Gemara Brachas tells us that you're not allowed to eat and drink before davening because a person wants it to be answered. He has to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I'm, I'm not being misguided in front of you. I'm not acting like a Balgaiva eating and drinking in front of you. And then I'm going to daven. No, first I'm going to daven the HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And then I'm going to eat and drink. Hachi, the ninth thing the Rabbag writes, very interesting, is that a person who's davening, he's asking a Kodesh Baruch for something, he should tell Hashem, I'm davening for this specific thing, and if you answer my tefillah, then I'm going to do, I'm going to do something in return. The person should make a nether, he should say, Hashem, you're going to give me this, I'm going, if that happens, I am going to do something in response. And Rabbag explains, because unfortunately, many times a person can daven with Hashem, and then when Hashem gives it to him, he says, eh, it wasn't really for my Kodesh Baruch, I was going to get it anyway. And it reminds me of the story, a person's in the city, can't find a parking spot, and he's Praying to Hashem, he says, God, give me a spot, give me a spot. And as he's driving, he sees right in front of the place where he needs a parking spot, a car pulls out. And the person pulls right in, he turns to Hashem and says, you know what, never mind, I don't need your help, I can find the parking myself. Again, the idea is that a person has to recognize, says Rabbag, that you're diving to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you should promise that when Hashem gives it to you, recognize that it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moving on, the Rabbag, in lesson number 14, says Rabbag, actually number 15, Rabbag writes, L'idea shiroi l'asei HaKadosh Baruch Hu toida, Says Rabbag that when a person, Hakadosh Baruch Hu does something good for a person, that person should pay Hakadosh Baruch Hu back. He should show, he should express his gratitude, and that's why. That is why Chana went up and broke her bonus when she, when her tefillas were answered. Now the Rabbag writes a very important yisoid in Chinuch. Rabbag writes Shisha Aser Hula Idea Shemisha Yirtzabai Shiyashalim Oid. A person who wants that his child should be successful should be a shalim. Tzarech Sheichan Chu Al Hashlemitz Ba'Ide Katan. He has to start from Mechanach's child from when he's very young. That when a child is younger, he's unbelievably impressionable. And if you can take a child and you can Mechanach him in the right way on even the smallest things, and when he gets older, he's going to follow in that way and he's going to become an Adam HaShal. Just one other point that Rabag makes over here. Rabag writes, he actually answers the Kasha or he addresses the Kasha of the Radak. The Rabbag writes that The Rabbag says, even though number one, a woman can't make her child a nazir, and number two, even a man can't because the child wasn't born, still, The Rabbag writes, I'm not sure exactly what the answer is, but he writes like this, this nether, it seems like, wasn't really a nether that, technically speaking, would be chal. The point of the nether was, like Rabbi wrote before, that 
that when a Kaddish Baruch does something good for you, you want to give something in return. So that's why she made the nether. So again, I'm not sure about saying there really was Michal, but the point just was that he, that Hannah was saying that if a Kaddish Baruch gives me this, I'm promising that I will bring Shmuel as a Nazar to the Mishkan in return. As Hashem, next time we'll pick up from Parak Bays. Have a wonderful day.